0: Real conversations, real women, real stories. Here, you can listen to a collection of stories from women just like you, sharing moments that changed their life. We believe that all stories should be celebrated, whether they are the happiest moments of your life, moments that left you feeling lost, or moments where you healed yourself again and again. We are here for all of it. Heal, grow, and connect with us. Welcome to the This Is We podcast. I am so excited to have our next guest here with us. Amanda is a registered physiotherapist with a special interest in pelvic health. She is also an instructor for Pelvic Health Solutions, providing continuing education courses for healthcare professionals interested in pelvic health. Amanda, how are you? I'm so excited
1: that you are here with us. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. It's so nice to meet you, Portia, and sit and have a chat. And uh, yeah, this is going to be great. I, I mean, we met kind of chatting over Instagram on, I think we bonded. It was over talking about entrepreneurial life and and yeah. how it's been over the last couple of years and how it's evolved. And yeah, so I'm so excited to be here and kind of chat more about that. Yeah.
0: So tell us, you know, a little bit about you and your story and being an entrepreneur and just kind of balancing everything.
1: Yeah. So I started, uh, I guess it's been like, Nine, eight, nine years now, something like that. And you lose track, right? So I've been a clinician for that amount of time, and pretty much I would say ninety-nine percent of my caseload is pelvic health, which really translates for me. My my demographic is really, you know, women's health, and I would say anything from I don't know, I'm going to say mid twenties to like sixties, right? Like mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty vast, and younger and older. But I would say that's that's the bulk of it. And so I was an independent contractor. I work out of a clinic and we went through the pandemic. So when we came back, it was a lot, right? You don't think about it. And we were in private health care. So we weren't in like the kind of nitty gritty of it all. But we went back and it was busy and you were working behind masks and shields. And I was notorious for working, you know, 12, 13 hour days, no problem. It wasn't a big deal. And all of a sudden my tolerance just, I couldn't do it anymore, right? It was impossible, And at the time my husband and I had bought our house and I was hitting kind of, I mean, looking back, you don't know it when you're in it, but you're definitely hitting burnout. Right. Mm -hmm. And the scary part about burnout, if you've ever been like in that kind of phase is it's not that you don't love your job anymore and you know, you're good at it, but you just don't have like, you're exhausted. Like you, you come home and you're tired and then you, you know, there's just all this stuff. And so at one point I was like, I think I'm just going to go work for Amazon. Like, I'm just, I'm I'm going to go work for Amazon, right? And that's always my running joke, right? My husband's like, you would be awful at Amazon. <laughs> it's not it's not for you. And, but I love my job. I love my patients. Like my patients are, I mean, they're like the best. I, I talk to cool women all day long for work. And so we had the idea to build a home-based practice. So I have a clinic inside my home and kind of split my week. So I'm half my week at a clinic. Where I'm a lot busier and then half my week at my home practice. And all of a sudden, my kind of whole mentality shifted because being an independent contractor, you're essentially a business within a business.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: you have your own business. So then Amanda Home and Physiotherapy kind of came to fruition, if you will. And so now it's all about kind of balancing those two worlds, you know, having good boundaries. And so yeah, now I own a company, it's called Amanda Home and Physiotherapy. It's growing, right? I'm busy at my clinic. I'm busy at my home office. I do a lot of online stuff. And so it's kind of this like momentum that has started and I love it. But the one thing I did that I never wanted, I never wanted to be in that place again where I would rather work for Amazon, let's say, than work with my my patients and my colleagues. You know, I, I love every I love them all, you know, is making sure that I never get there. So when I kind of relaunched and rebranded and rebuilt, it's almost like I tried to make it burnout proof, if that makes sense. I don't know how, how good I am at it, but I try. And yeah, so in that, I guess I would say, yeah, I'm a full-time clinician. And then I teach courses. So continuing education courses, if you want to get into pelvic health, you would go to Pelvic Health Solutions as one of the teaching companies. And I teach and instruct the course on pelvic pain and then pregnancy and postpartum. So that's a little about my career and how it's kind of evolved into what it is now. But yeah that's a little about me. (laughs) Cool.
0: That's so cool. I love that. So I kind of wanted, you touched on burnout and I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because that is like its own pandemic right now. There is a lot of people huge. facing burnout. I know for myself that was huge for me back in 2021 and even last year in 2022 where I'm still even kind of recovering from being so burnt out. My adrenals just hate me right now. We're getting Oh, yeah. we're, we're becoming friends slowly, but it's taking I hear a, that. I hear that. a lot of time like, to get there. How much
1: adrenal support can I take? I'm like 400 milligrams, sure. Yeah, we'll just keep tossing it (laughs) in there. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, you know, burnout, such an interesting thing right now because, you know, things happen when things become trend words, right? So, you know, burnout, burnout, burnout. And it was this thing that we knew existed and then it became trendy. And so now I think people are either terrified of it or almost talk about it like it's like kind of, you know, laissez-faire, like very- you know, it's like this trend where like, yeah, burnout. And they kind of just go past it. And so I don't know how to, I mean, I see it a lot. I treat a lot of women, right. you know, again, 90% of my demographic is women. And you really saw in the pandemic that the weight of the pandemic, not that it, not that men didn't get hit harder. I don't want it to come out that way, but women like the, the runners of households, moms, you know, women who were working and online schooling and, you know, trying to figure out how to grocery shop in a pandemic when you had to it was just, we survived, right? The whole world survived and we figured it out. But now it's almost this post pandemic burnout too, that you see, right? Where women are just frayed and they're trying to find themselves again. So that's kind of what I see for me. What kind of happened was same thing. You went into the pandemic being in healthcare, you know, naturally I would read as much as I can. You're trying to keep you and your family safe. You're figuring it all out. And then all of a sudden you're just going back into work. And so I don't know. I think burnout is one of those things, you know, you, you hit a point where again, it's not, it's even if you, whether you love your job or not, it's almost like you're just so overwhelmed. It's this feeling of like drowning, like mm-hmm. you do one thing, but you feel no further ahead because there's 6 million other things up behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like this never ending to-do list, if you will. I mean, for me, it always felt like I was exhausted. Like I had no motivation to do anything. I mean, and then your health takes a hit too, right? Like who wants to work out when you're minus 10 When your adrenals mm-hmm. are like all of it. Like you're just so fatigued and tired that you have no motivation to better anything. And, and it starts to creep into other places of your life. Right. Again, I think this is, everybody thinks it's just work burnout. So just change jobs, mm-hmm. but it's not entirely that right. And sometimes it's not even the job itself. Sometimes it's the way you've set yourself up in your job. But then you're not even I I remember being like snippy with my husband and like, you know, short with everybody. I had no patience. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, this isn't me. You know, you know, it's not you, but you don't know how to kind of fix that piece of it. And so, yeah, I joke about kind of trying to be, you know, building a a business or a workspace that's burnout proof because Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a fun place to be. And it's not a quick like. I'm burnt out. I'm gonna do A, B, and C, and then I'm not gonna be burnt out anymore. Right. There's work that goes into it. There's figuring mm-hmm. out how you kind of got here and what parts of it, you know, you got to get caught up so that you can yeah. get out of it. And then yeah, build build up ways that you don't kind of fall into it. You know, I always, it's funny when I was building this business and I was talking to somebody about, you know, burnout and you know, how do you not burn out? Like if there's there's so much to do in a day right? Mm-hmm. There's only 24 hours to do it. You end up burning the candle at all these ends. And so, you know, somebody said to me, but what kind of person are you? Like what, for me, like what practitioner am I? Like if I show up to work at a a hundred and I'm burnt out, I'm not the best practitioner I can be for my mm-hmm. patient. Right. So, and that applies to anything. Like you can't be the best mom that you want to be, the best wife you want to be, the best coworker you want to be if you're burnt out. Mm -hmm. right? So you don't like who you are, but you feel like you have to do all these things and then you can't even show up in the best version of yourself either. So yeah, I guess that's my kind of touch on burnout, you know, it's that, and it's so much more than self-care. This is a big thing that came out of the pandemic that definitely kind of irks me a little bit because it's another one of these trend things, right? We all talk about self-care, 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 which is super important, but I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this too. Self-care is so much more than you know, manis, pedis and facials. Yeah. Right. Those are a part of it. Don't get me wrong. I love a good facial. And, you know, I love a good pedicure, but it's, you know, taking the time to eat, to sit and eat, like not yes. sitting at your <laughs> laptop, you know, eating the crusts off your kid's plates. It's like eating, right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, making the 10 minutes to go for a walk or getting outside of your house, changing out of your pajamas. Like these are all also self-care techniques, meditation, mindfulness, journaling, like all these things that help, help you get out of it and help you, mm-hmm. you know, prevent it from happening again. And so I, a lot of people would say to me and my patients, and I remember feeling this way too, like, okay, I get a manicure every two weeks. I don't feel any better. Right. Because it's not about that. That's, yeah. that's great self-care. And I'm not, I'm not crapping on manicures, but I think that that's what came with the pandemic too. Right. Everybody was like, you know, take a bubble bath and light a candle and, and you're like, I have like a mountain of laundry and a mountain of paperwork. And my, like, we have no groceries. Like I'm not sitting in a bathtub for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was an interesting thing. I think that shifted in the last couple of years too, that I think got, it's good that people are talking about it, but I I wish we were talking about quality self-care mm-hmm. more That's than it. fancy, trendy self-care, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know like when
0: I had burnt out, it really like my job was kind of the icing on the cake, but a lot of it was more of like an inside job. A lot of the things that led me to burnout weren't necessarily the career that I was doing. It didn't help. It added a lot more stressors and different things onto my plate, but it really wasn't necessarily the root of the cause. And I think Kind of like you had said, it's not something that you're like, oh, I'm burnt out and I'm going to do these next five things. Like it's been a year and a half for me and I'm still very much in the trenches of it all and continuously have to check in with myself to make sure I have the capacity every single day to do the things that I do and know that some things are going to fall to the wayside and that I just have to be okay. And I think I spent like the first six months so angry because I was that person that worked out every single day for 30 minutes. I ate pretty much all of the best foods. Like I didn't even eat sugar very often because I knew it was a stressor. My only guilty pleasure was coffee and I would have two cups a day. I barely ate any dairy. I did all of the things that on paper and that was suggested should never allow me to be burnt out. But what was happening is that my body was in like prime physical shape, but my mind was so fucked and my soul was so sad. I was dealing with a lot of grief and unresolved trauma and just different things that all just kind of came up. And it just got to a bubbling point where I was just like, okay, wait, I just can't, I can't continue moving forward. So I would, I know the things that I have done to kind of help me navigate my way out of burnout, but I would love to know what you had done when you kind of started to recognize that, you know, your plate was becoming a little bit too full and that you did need to kind of readdress the situation. So what are some of those things that you did for yourself to kind of navigate out of it or through it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because you mentioned something there too, like it's it's been a year and a half for you. I feel like we also default to our bad patterns. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. And then I'll tell you how it's easy to default back to what got us there in the first place. Right. So, you know, I'll do things like journaling. Journaling is a big one for me. I, I really, really, I, I'm very much a type A personality. And so, I mean, I've done the five minute journal, which I love. It's all about gratitude and gratitude. Journaling is great. I'm also a big to do list person. Mm-hmm. And so what, something I did to kind of get out of it first, so before to-do lists, one of the big things I did is when you're feeling like you're drowning, it also feels like you're getting nothing done, like you're getting mm-hmm. nowhere, right? So I would, at the end of the day, you know, you do your gratitude journal and then I would write out all the things I did that day mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, if I emptied the dishwasher, if I went grocery shopping, if I did a load of laundry, if I did my patient charts, if I all these other things, right? I would write it all out. And then you start to see like, okay, I didn't do nothing today. Maybe I didn't do anything large scale. You know, I didn't move a mountain today, Mm -hmm. but I did do these 20 little things that without it, our life wouldn't be like functioning, right? Mm -hmm. So that started to help. And so now I would say that's kind of translated into, I now sit in the morning, you know, when I have my cup of coffee and I write out, a to-do list of the day, but I'm very realistic about it. right? Mm. Like I, I don't go and write like today's the day I'm going to conquer this, do this, do this, do that. Like that's impossible because I, you're also working and you're mm-hmm. doing all these other life things. Right. So, you know, my to-do list today, for example, was like, get up, treat my patients, record this podcast. I have to go return something. And I think I got to like pick up something at the grocery store. Like that's it for today. And I'm going to make dinner and like, that's your day. And that's okay. Like it's okay to not have these monumental days every mm-hmm. single day. Right. So I think that was a big one and gratitude journaling. I mean, I, I think gratitude journaling is huge. It's mm-hmm. because we forget to right? like we forget all the good in the day. And that's because our brains are programmed to keep us safe and survive. Right. Our brains jobs are not to make us happy, which sounds so I know some people will hear that and will be like, what are you talking about? Your brain is a primitive thing, right? It's it's meant to like don't touch that object that's sharp. Don't touch that thing that's hot. Don't touch that that'll hurt you. So it's going to remember in the day all the bad stuff because mm-hmm. it's going to try to tell you like don't do that again. Right. So you have to be mindful and go back and say like, oh, you know what, my coffee this morning, it was really good. It was a good coffee. Didn't burn my mouth was perfectly wasn't burnt. Like it was a good coffee. That one patient said we laughed really hard. You know what for the busy day that it was and I feel like I'm kind of it's chaos. I I really bonded. Like that was a good half hour. You know, I came home and my dog was extra snuggly today. Like you write these things so at the end of the day, you're almost going to bed with like this smile instead of this do and gloom kind of feeling. So I would say that's a big one. I simplified a lot. Our, our weekday meals are nothing fancy. I meal plan on Sundays and I like execute. It's an execution during the week. Like (laughs) there is no fanciness going on and it sounds crazy, but what was happening is because we were trying to make these elaborate meals, I guess, because sometimes when you're thinking healthy, it's a lot of components. Yeah. If you go into like those trendy kind of things, you're like chopping vegetables for hours. And so you know, we really simplified that down. We we made it so that, you know, on Sunday, we decide what we're eating. Here's a schedule. I, you know, we divvy it up between the two of us. Even my workouts, right? I'm a big, big fan of like, anything is better than zero minutes. So mm-hmm. if you've only got 17 minutes, it's 17 minutes, right? Not all your workouts are going to be your best. And so for me, that was a big one because being in physical therapy or being in physiotherapy, mm-hmm. I preach exercise to everybody. Yeah. Right. And then I would have days where I'm like, I haven't worked out in like four or five days. Like, that's crazy. It would never happen. And I would, you know, talk it through with my patients. And I would say, you know, I say to my patients all the time, like, just move. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be fancy. It doesn't have to be at a gym. It doesn't even have to be in workout clothes. Just move. And so I'm notorious for working out my PJs. Like I get up and if like I have to work out in the morning and I took an extra 20 minutes of sleep. I'll do a Pilates class in my PJs in my basement. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I would say those are the biggest things. I really simplified. I really kind of zoned into gratitude. I made realistic to-do lists, and then honestly, I, I I've, this was a big one for me. I, I'm a I'm a chronic FOMO person. I will say yes to everything, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I physically can't be in all these places at once. And then I almost have this like, okay, maybe I can. Maybe I can be here for an hour and here for an hour. It was like my husband hates. He's like, no, no. We do one thing a weekend, one thing a <laughs> day, one. Like, not six. But that was that's a that was a big one for me. Being like, okay, I can't get it all done, so I need to just learn to say no and not think about it. Like, I, I'm not missing anything. It'll be there when I get back. But yeah, that was a huge one for me too. Like learning to say like, no, I don't. I don't have the capacity, and it's not because I'm busy or I just I can't. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are my my biggest uh, lessons or or techniques I would say that I I use now. I love
0: that. And they're all very realistic. It's not like you're journaling for two hours a day or, no. you know, I remember when I started my gratitude journal, I actually timed myself because I bought like a five minute gratitude journal. And I was like, or no, not even, I think it told me like two minutes or something. And yeah. I was like, I'm actually timing myself to see if it's actually two minutes. And it was like, it was yeah. like a minute and a half. And I was like, okay, yeah. this I could fit this in my day. (laughs) yeah. And it helped like gratitude was one of the first things that I leaned on when I was burnt out, because for me, when I was going through it, it was, it was so much more than just feeling fatigued. It was mentally fatigued, physically fatigued, emotionally fatigued, and anything on a to-do list was overwhelming. It didn't even matter what it was like. It was just like, Oh God, I have to get, I have to get through this today. And so I remember doing gratitude because it was like, it was the only kind of tangible thing that I could do that was super realistic in time. And it really didn't take a lot of energy. So I'm such a huge gratitude lover, but I have a question for you You mentioned your patients and working with your patients. And I wanted to know, you know, how did it feel for you to identify that you were kind of, you know feeling not yourself and not necessarily practicing what you preach to your patients like how did that feel did it feel yeah
1: you know it's interesting so what i definitely i guess from a skill set perspective like what what the whole experience has taught me now is i'm a lot more empathetic i would say to my patients right so mm-hmm. you know let's say i tell you like we all a lot of the stuff we all know right you know, obviously I have a very special skill set. People come in and I'm being very um, individualized in how I'm I'm prescribing things. But the general of movement is good for you. Exercise is good for you. Drinking water is good for you. Balanced diets are good for you. We, we all know these things. And so what I found was before I would say, okay, you know, the recommendation is 150 minutes. So one, five, zero minutes accumulated in a week. And I would never understand like it's 150 minutes. You can slice that up however you want. You can do it two long walks in a half an hour and you'd be getting that.
0: Mm-hmm. How can
1: how can you not get that, right? Not that I would ever say this to a patient, but I, I would not think it either. But you're just like, you know, you're trying to not be, you're just giving these like recommendations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I found that now I'm a lot more, it, it brought an empathy to work. You know, understanding when somebody comes in and says, you know what? I know all you gave me was five stretches. I couldn't do them. Like I just, I didn't have the time between getting home and dealing with my kids and hockey practice and dinners and whatever, and all the stuff. I, I just, I, I know it sounds stupid when I say it out loud, but I couldn't get them done. And I think sometimes those of us who work on this, like in healthcare, we forget that, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times people will be like, well, if you don't do it, you're not going to get better. And I think my approach has changed. I mean, I've always, you know, been sympathetic and empathetic to my patients, but now my approach is more like, it's Okay life happens, right? This isn't a linear journey, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be point A. You came in, I'm going to give you, you know, this recipe, and then you're going to just feel better within this set amount of time. It does ebb and flow a little bit. And sometimes, you know, as I'm sure this is true for you, like what I was saying before, I have all these practices. I'm really good with them right now, but I don't know, in a month, a shitstorm may start again and you kind of fall off the wagon, mm-hmm. right? And it happens. And so I think not being so hard on ourselves is such a big thing. And so again, when a, when a patient is sitting in front of me and they're saying like, I just, I, I didn't have the time. You know what? We ordered pizza and we did this and we did that this week. And it just, it wasn't a great week. That's okay. Life happens, right? I think that's really what, what changed. What made me feel guilty during that time was that, I was that person. I couldn't mm-hmm. find the time or the, not, not even and when we talk time, like it's so silly when you say it out loud. Cause like you just said, gratitude journaling takes like five minutes. Like I literally have it. Like I start my coffee. I do my journal in the morning, my to-do list journal, whatever. And by the time I'm done, like I'm finishing my coffee. Like we're not talking massive amounts of time, mm-hmm. but when you're in that place mentally, mm-hmm. you don't see that. No. Right. And so I think that's the biggest piece that's changed is all i know, I say to my patients, like, it's okay. Like life happens. I get it. I get it. You know what? Why don't you pick one, pick one thing or try, try gratitude journaling for now. Like we'll get to your pelvic health stuff, but if you can't even find the time for that and it's almost showing yourself a little, a little grace, right? I think Mm -hmm. that's where, that's what I learned in that timeframe too. I was so, I'd always been type a, I had always gotten it all done. I had always been the person who was a yes person. And I managed to do it all. And in that time, I was almost mad. Like I couldn't figure out why, like, why don't I have the time to work out? Why don't I have the time to journal? Why don't I have the time? Like I, we don't like, we don't currently have kids. Like I should have all the time in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it just, it was that weird. And I think that's what happens for patients. You almost get angry at it. And then it's hard to do the things you know are good for you. Mm-hmm. So I would say for me, that was the hard part. Like, you know, I know how to practice what I preach and I do practice what I preach and I believe in all the things that I, you know, preach. But now I have a different sense of empathy because at that point in time, I it didn't like you couldn't do it. You couldn't get it all done. Yeah. Yeah. That would be hard. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. It was definitely it hard. Very hard. <laughs> yeah. You kind of like fight this battle, right? You're like mm-hmm. mad at yourself. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the hard part that I see in patients now. Right. You're just like, they, you know, like, you know, you're not getting it all done. And yeah, it's just, it's just trying to figure out how to take care of yourself. It's figuring out what your self care is. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And it's,
0: and it's really being honest with yourself. Like I find like, even sometimes like, I remember like going to, I don't know if I had to go to physiotherapy or if my massage therapist was like, they don't give me exercises anymore because I don't do them, but if they were, it's kind of like, you kind of revert back to like being in elementary school and it's like, you know, Portia, did you do your homework? And I'm like, uh, well, you know, um, (laughs) yeah. Kind of yeah. feel like you're going to get your, you know, the finger pointed at you, being like, you should know better. And so sometimes it's, it's just nice to be honest with yourself and be like, okay, what is realistic for me right now, and what can I physically do or mentally do and take on. And that was hard for me. It was the honesty to, you know, to be honest with myself and be like, okay, you were this person three months ago that you know could take on all of these things, but you're not anymore. So mm-hmm. let's like, let's stop pretending we're her. Yeah. Let's be honest and be like, what's realistic right now and yeah. be okay with that. And that took a long time. It was not like an overnight thing where I was just like, okay, Borsha, we're now this
1: person today. Like, no. no, no, it took time. It took a It's lot a journey. Time. It's a journey. It's a growth journey. And, and you evolve too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not even that you're not her anymore. It's just that you can't sustain that. No. No, it wasn't sustainable. sustainable. No, it wasn't sustainable. No. So it's not even that you're a different person. If anything, you're more evolved and you've progressed into a more resilient person now that Mm -hmm. you've figured that out. Than the person, you know, that's another conversation I I have with myself, I guess, is like my resiliency to things is definitely better now, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're not operating at 100% capacity all the time. You have a little... You're like okay, I can I can take this on and and deal and you know so yeah you're not the same person but I mean I'd argue you're probably a better version now
0: oh yeah hundred percent yeah it was yeah. it's so funny because I, I I'm not the type of person I'm not a very hustle person to begin with so okay. I don't know why in my right mind did I ever think that I was going to be this hustle person and I did and but I was just like what was I thinking and became yeah. very much a different person in that hustle culture in what I was living in. And and so it was just, it's just so funny now for me to kind of reflect back and look at that and be kind of laugh a little because I'm kind of through it now in a way. So yeah, I wanted to talk about boundaries. Was that something that you really had to implement, you know, moving forward? Is that something that you ever struggled with beforehand or did you find that you really had to be firm in your boundaries? Because I know, especially when you are, you know, navigating through burnout, adrenal fatigue, whatever you want to call it, you know, boundaries are so important because that kind of, kind of keeps you on the path.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So boundaries, again, like I have to say, I'm very lucky that people around me are very supportive, Mm -hmm. right? We, I have very respectful, like, family members and friends and even my husband like we very much like if somebody's like no i can't do that today like no one's really bothersome i think my biggest struggle with boundaries was more my boundaries on time right so Mm. it was this whole learning curve for me and i and i say this to people too like time is its own currency right when you Mm. own a business the same time as money is a thing right like time is money time is its own currency there's not always a direct reflection of time investment and money earned, right? Sometimes you're doing things in, you know, hope or in plan of growth, but you don't see that return until down the line. And so it's it where I struggled with boundaries was honestly on time because it was like this whole concept of, you know, I had I had a business coach when I when I started my home practice. And she really helped me work this out because there's only so many hours in a day you can spend working Mm -hmm. right at some point your productivity goes down it has to you can't you can't sit there and so for hours and hours and so that's where for boundaries for me was more almost like a time blocking I had to kind of like there's only this many hours you know she made me do an activity where in my schedule I had to put in everything so Realistically, how long does it take me to get out of bed, get downstairs, get my coffee, get my bed, get into my car? That's its own time, right? You know, so she's like, okay, let's say you want to say you want to start work at eight o'clock. Well, if it takes you half an hour to get there and then an hour to get ready, your day starting at six. Mm -hmm. So if that doesn't feel good for you, then you got to change your work day, right? So it was really about being more realistic about my boundaries. Around time, even rest and recovery time. Mm-hmm. That was never anything I would put in my schedule or even consider, right? You uh, almost feel guilty because, again, it's this whole concept of if you're not working and you're not making money, then you're not working on your business. You almost felt guilty resting, mm-hmm. right? Whereas that's its own thing. Rest is how we recover, it's how we, where we, think of ideas. It's where we're inspired. It's where we, you know, bond with our loved ones. So rest was a big one for me. My husband will tell you when we started like together and now I was awful at rest. I couldn't sit still, like sitting still for a movie is like a pain for me sometimes. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, that I would say it, it wasn't even people around me that didn't respect boundaries. It was me. It was respecting my time boundaries. You know, I was a notorious my day ends at five o'clock and a patient would be like, oh, can I please, please, please just be you on that day. It only works for my schedule. And I'd say, yeah, okay, that's fine. And I would put people at the end and people at the start. I would pencil people into my lunch. Like it was crazy. And I would say I'm definitely better at that. You know, you're, you're, you're growing in your career too, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say yes to everything, everything, yeah. everything. And so all of a sudden my weekends would be full and all these things would be full. And then I wouldn't get joy out of it. Now I can honestly say like, I love my day because I know it It comes to an end, right? Um, I don't get to the point of my day where I'm dragging my feet. I take on courses on weekends and I, I don't, you know, it, it's very balanced now. It's very time respected. There's, you know, my schedule, it's all color coded and white sections on my schedule means nothing's there. Mm-hmm. And I would never have white time before. And now I have like these chunks of white that are to do whatever I want, you know, cuddle my dog, go for a walk. Call a friend, you know, really leaning into the fact that, yeah, time is currency. And so finishing it half day early, like, you know, there's a times where my husband will finish half a day early and I'll be like, you know, I'm going to finish half a day early too. And we'll have lunch and we'll have a day like that's worth its own currency. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's it's just about valuing time as much as you value other tangible things you get from working, Mm -hmm. Right. I would say that's kind of what I did with boundaries was just have hard boundaries, pencil in rest time, pencil in time with nothing scheduled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being realistic about how many hours you can work in a day is a big one.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love, you know, your boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Because to me, like often when you think of boundaries, you're thinking about human interaction, right? You're thinking about a boundary between one person and the other person where you've created boundaries in all areas of your life, not just, between you and a patient or you and your husband or whoever else or friends. Yeah, which I just love. I wanted to talk about rest. Yes, <laughs> go ahead. Rest is a big one. I remember when I first was trying to rest, it was very itchy. I, that's how I described it, where it just felt like wrong. And yeah. so, I wanted to know what you did to kind of overcome rest and to truly rest in those in those periods.
1: Yeah. So this, my, my coach at the time, she, she was saying to me, you know, if you're sitting there resting, running through the list of stuff you could be doing instead of resting. She's like, that's not rest. And that would be me. I would sit there and my husband is a big movie buff and, or like, we're very close with our families and our friends. And I would love doing these things, but yeah, if we were sitting at home, I'd be like, okay, well, if I'm not going to work on the business, like, Let's do this right now. Let's do that right now. Okay, let's prep this. Let's paint this. Let's fold this. Let's. And he would be like, you we can't, we, you can't, no, right? And I would sit and watch a movie and the whole time, I kid you not, I'd be like, okay, as soon as this movie's over, cause I can't go now cause we're watching the movie together. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna do the, like, you're just constantly running at hundred miles an hour. But the thing is when you are, when you have no rest and you never refill your cup, you never recover right? We have two sets of like, I'm I'm really oversimplifying the nervous system here, but there's Mm -hmm. two versions of how we function. We either function in fight or flight, which you need that, right? That's what gets you up in the morning, gets you to work, gets your kids dressed. That's what gets shit done, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's rest and digest. There's rest and recover. If you never actually rest and recover, eventually your fight or flight starts to become slower, not as sharp, not Mm -hmm. as productive right? You can't function at your optimal kind of pace if you're exhausted and not recovering from your days. And I'm not saying you got to watch a three-hour movie every night, like that's absolutely not happening. But what, what really what rests, so what I had to figure out was what actually brought me joy in mm-hmm. those rest periods, right? Like what actually made me feel regenerated, recovered, you know, sometimes it is like a Sunday morning where we stay in our pajamas and we have an extra cup of coffee and we watch an extra something. Sometimes it's, you know, not bringing our phones and taking our dogs to the trails and going for a walk for who knows how long. Sometimes it's going to, you know, see family and just having like a a kind of chill day. Uh, Sometimes it's sleeping in, going Mm -hmm. to bed early, taking, I mean, I'm not a big nap person and it's not great for sleep hygiene, so I shouldn't, you know, publicly say that, but Anything where you're just, you have to find what brings you joy. Reading, reading was totally reignited for me now where I I just like open a book and just start reading during these periods, right? So it's about finding, and this is where, not to go back to that, but that's where that self-care trendiness mm-hmm. started to bother me because I was like, okay, hold on a second. My nails are done. I put the face mask on. I did the thing. And the whole time I was still like, Okay, as soon as my nails are done, I'm gonna go and do this. As soon as this is done, I'm gonna go this. So it wasn't restful. No. I my self-care was more, I actually love being in the kitchen. It's like a little passion of mine. And so sometimes like putting my AirPods in and having a podcast or an album playing in my ear and just like baking and prepping for the week is recovery and restful for me and regenerating for me. And it sets me up for the week, but I'm not doing it for the week. I'm doing it for the moment. So Yeah. It just depends. Meditation is a great one. That's Mm -hmm. a new like, little love of mine. I mean, that one's definitely one I ebb and flow with, right? Sometimes I'm really into it. Sometimes I'm not, I would say I'm more consistent with journaling the meditation, but yeah, for me, that was the thing. But the weird part about rest is it was almost, I don't know if this happened for you, rest and guilt were like buddies, right? (laughs) Like best friends because you would be resting knowing you needed the rest, but feel guilty while doing it. Yeah. Almost like you were doing something wrong. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. That's a very weird feeling. Mm Because you're like, okay, I know I need to just sit here and do nothing. And the times that you need the most rest are when you're the most overwhelmed with crap. Yeah. Right. You're under the most stuff and you have to that's when you need the most rest. And only when you rest will you get the clarity to figure out how to, you know, divide Mm -hmm. and conquer. But when you're exhausted and in fight or flight and not resting and not regenerating and letting the guilt side kind of win, you'll never get it all done because you can't, you can't function. You can't, no. you can't function at your best capacity. So it's an interesting, like, you know, relationship where you have to almost bring joy into rest instead of guilt. It's all, it's learned. It's not, it's not an easy, like, you know, okay, everybody's going to stop listening to this podcast and just go and sit and enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, it's figuring out like, do you like being outside? Do you like being inside? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It was an interesting, it's an interesting little like weird voice that creeps up Mm -hmm. during rest. It's
0: it's so true. It's so true. I remember when I was trying to find a hobby. So I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of things because a lot of my hobbies became jobs. And that was like, I'm notorious for that. So I was like, oh, I need to find a hobby. I need to find a hobby. And this is where like, I puzzle like all the time. And I'm I always it. building puzzles because it was a place where I felt rest, but I was still active. My brain was still working. I could still think I could listen to music or sit in silence or listen to a podcast. If I choose, it kind of was very, I could kind of do whatever I want in it, in a sense, but I know what you mean when so this past week has been very stressful for me, and there's been a lot of ebb and flows, and more like downs than ups. And especially in those downs, I have found it so hard to get back there. And even on the worst days, like I'm I'm looking at it, and I have other hobbies now that I do, and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I know this will make me feel so much better, but I have there's nothing in me. That even wants to go over there. And it was like, sometimes I will literally just sit at the table where my puzzle is. I might not even touch it. I might like just put myself there and I'm like, I'm just going to sit here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And just yeah. be like,
0: whatever. And if I go on my phone, I'll let myself kind of have that moment and then I'll put it back down and then slowly like, and then I'll like scan out the puzzles or maybe I'll just sit here and think. But it's a, it's an interesting dance between resting and guilt because it comes up and, and it's hard because sometimes, you know, for myself, I always felt guilty that I was resting and my husband wasn't.
1: Oh, that's a big one.
0: And that's huge. So I would go and do my (laughs) puzzle and he might be resting in his own way or whatever, but it still didn't feel the same. It felt very, the scale was very off. And I, it it was a lot of the time. Like I remember this past weekend, they were doing the, my husband and my daughter were doing the dishes. And I was like, oh, and I, I was like hovering, like as if I'm supposed to be doing something to contribute and to help to the situation, even though I was not needed whatsoever. And I'm just kind of hovering. And then I'm hovering around my house thinking, what could I do to feel like I'm being productive in this moment. And then I just kind of wandered to my puzzle and it took a good, like few minutes to kind of shake the guilt out and be like, no, you deserve to enjoy this. Even if it is for five minutes right now, and then they might need you again or whatever, you're allowed to kind of just sit and enjoy and be happy in this moment. And, but yeah, like, the offset of guilt, like a lot of the guilt is like, I always feel bad that I'm doing this and resting and that somebody else is not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I I totally get that because all, and it's funny because even though you probably, you and your husband, let's say don't need the same amount of rest at the same time. Like there are times where I'm good and I'm doing things and my husband needs rest. And then I almost not get annoyed is not the right word, but you're almost like, I know why what you mean. We rest? yeah you're like why are you resting right now like why couldn't yeah. you re- why couldn't we both rested at the same time and that you know so that's the funny part too right mm-hmm. when you're just like but then you'll be resting you'll take your your break and he'll be doing something and I'm like shit I should get up I should get up yeah. and help him because you know I feel bad he's doing it and I'm just sitting yeah. here and you know re-watching friends for the millionth time and you're you know it's just that it's that weird paradigm but I guess that's that's the thing though. is tapping mm-hmm. into what is it that is rest for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to make rest sound like it's something that has to be planned and, and measured, mm-hmm. but there is a little bit of back work that has to go into figuring out what is actually regenerating for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like what is regenerating for you? It's so funny. I guess it depends on how extroverted or introverted you are, but like, i walk with a girlfriend where we, we just sometimes don't even talk. Like we'll just kind of walk and chat about nothing. I, I can't even, I couldn't even repeat a conversation and just mindlessly walking sometimes refills my cup, mm-hmm. right? But I'm extroverted. It's a good friend. And like, you're good. Whereas some people who are introverted, that would be draining. Like that's an event. So it needs to be more isolated stuff. So yeah, it's it's really about figuring out how much rest you need. And what works for you. And then respecting, I mean, again, when you're in a relationship, respecting the other person's rest boundaries, right? Like that's their rest time. This is my rest time. This is what I need. This is what they need because you're better people when you respect each other's rest boundaries, if you will. And then as a person, like as who you want to be in your home, in your family, you're way better when you're rested. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. The whole dynamic switched. Yeah. When I started you more to again. focus. Yeah. yep. Yeah. It
0: was wild. Wow. Yeah. I always yeah. tell my husband, I was like, I don't need, I don't want an audience while I'm working. <laughs> That's yeah. what I say when I'm like cleaning my house and they're resting. I'm like, can you go rest somewhere else? Yeah. Go with an audience because I feel angry oh. at you. And I don't want to feel angry at you because I know this is what you need right now. But like, as I'm vacuuming, I'm like,
1: why? Yes. Yeah. Like, can you go rest? Somewhere else, just like, just move a little bit over there. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I get it. I totally get it. It's the word, and then, and as you're saying it, you know, it's not the right. Like I shouldn't be so upset right now. Yeah, it's just I so shouldn't be upset, but, but I, I am because I'm doing this and you're not. Even yeah. though you've done six million other things today that I'm so grateful for. Yeah, this one moment right now, I can't think clearly. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because different things yeah. irk us. So like I can just let things just kind of slide and be like, I'll just do that at the end of the day. Like dishes for me, I love to do them at the end of the day and wake up with a clean kitchen. Where he, yeah. he's like, it just drives him nuts if they're sitting there on the counter or in the sink or whatever. And I'm just like, whatever. And yeah. so he just gets and I'll be resting and he's just like doing the dishes. And I'm just like, oh yeah, sorry. Really <laughs> it's
1: not sure happening. about
0: that. Yeah. That doesn't happening. bug me. No.
1: <laughs> You I can leave them. So if I can you, leave them, you can do it. Yeah. I could do it at the end of
0: the day. I'm not too worried. If they're bothering
1: you, you do it. There you go. I,
0: I always just say we can we can pretend we did them and just shove them in the dishwasher and then take yeah. them out at the end of the day and wash them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Love it. Whatever. Love it. That's so funny. So I wanted to kind of leave off with, is there anything that you want to leave with everybody? Just like a nugget of inspiration, some advice for about anything, really that you just want to
1: leave? So if you're someone who, if you're someone who's trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur and a woman and figuring out kind of who you are and who you want to be and and what makes, what brings you joy. The one thing when I look back and one of the things I'm so grateful for, from where I'm at today, and and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm still investing in growth and all that stuff. It really takes a team. I definitely would not be here confidently, like in my boundaries and in, you know, my business in its growth, if I didn't have people that I had invested in behind the scenes. So I, I mean, I had a business coach, but I mean, to be honest, if I look at her, she was more of a life coach at the time. I invested in someone helping me on stuff I didn't enjoy. Like I don't enjoy the admin side of my business at all. Mm -hmm. If I could just be with patients all day and never have to do admin, I would. So like investing in that and you know, really thinking of why am I building this business? What parts of it do I enjoy? How can I support those parts? And then how can I support the parts that I don't want to do, right? You have to understand every part of your business because it's yours and, and it's your name on it, whether it's, it's actually branded your name or not, but you have to understand those parts, but you don't have to do them. But yeah, really build, I guess my nugget would be build a team that helps you build something you love that helps you build something that you thrive in because you can't show up with, you can't show up as the best version of yourself in your business. If you don't feel good about you or your life or how it is, right. As much as we're all good about leaving our personal lives at the door, you don't want to be doing that all day either. Right. It's nice when you can like, just have a good flowing day in business. So yeah, I guess the long nugget, but that would be my my negative inspo, yeah, is, is get yourself a team, invest in that team and yeah, build a business you love, build a business that feels good, you know, avoid external pressures and, and build it to your life to what you want it to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And I couldn't agree more. The team really does help having oh, all the team.
1: Yeah. The team, I mean, you need a team. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a village. It does. It really does. Awesome. awesome. This was so great. I'm so this happy was that you so joined me. So great. Yes. This was such a great like conversation. I loved it. Yeah. Well thank yeah, you. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.